Hi, investors. This is Danny with Investorly. At Investorly, we empower you to invest early in your financial future. We recently launched a conversation with our audio series on Twitter. In this episode, we welcome Dan Verno to learn about his experience in NFTs, the play-to-earn gaming universe, and his commitment to assist those in emerging markets to achieve financial freedom. Subscribe to the Investorly newsletter to stay informed of upcoming episodes, and we hope you enjoy today's conversation. Can you just quickly talk about sort of your, your, I know you brought your background in here, but I mean, do you have a traditional degree in any specific area or, um, you know, you just got into, to sort of NFTs, uh, like everybody else? Yeah. So actually, thanks for that question. Cause it's kind of something I put a lot of pride into. I graduated from a local university, uh, in Rochester, New York in, uh, 2019 with a degree in media management. And so you know, essentially that degree line, like the classes I was taking was like heavily social media focused and a lot of marketing stuff. And, you know, would essentially like social media marketing, like that, that was the bigger, that was the big picture of my degree. And it was like, at the time I was like, yeah, that's super relevant and I'll find something. And after I graduated in spring of 2019, I really didn't find anything. Like I was having a hard time getting hired by anyone. And so what I did was I started up my own little uh, social media marketing agency because that was the get rich quick scheme in uh, 2019 everyone was doing, but it actually worked out for me. I was uh, working directly with uh, different restaurants and like a nail salon and just like all these random different companies and uh, nothing like they were, you know, putting me on contract for like $200 a month to run their social media pages, but I was doing the work and putting in the effort and it was going well. Uh, at the same time, I was also working a uh, donut shop. I was making donuts. So like I would be up at three in the morning and get out at like 10 AM and then go home, take a two hour nap. And you know, that was, that was terrible. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty awful. And uh, so things were going okay, you know, for a little while. And then uh, by the beginning of 2020, uh, it, it was COVID. So like we got a couple months in and then all of a sudden, like my donut shop job, like closed and pretty much all the other, like they were one of my clients. And then like three or four of my other clients were either closed or they were like, yeah, we just don't have the money to pay you. And it was like, well, shit, like, what am I supposed to do now? And so I filed for unemployment and I rode that wave for a little while. And then at the end of 2020, uh, which, you know, pretty much right around the same time that I got into NFTs is when I got hired by Paychecks. And I was doing the corporate Paychecks thing for a little while. It wasn't a, like a crazy job. I was literally just answering phone calls and transferring the people that called to other people. And it was it was pretty mind numbing. I'm not going to lie. I, I had never had a full time job where it was like eight to five, 40 hours a week. And that was pretty miserable. I'm not going to lie. It was not like, I don't know if I have like undiagnosed ADD or something, but I'm just the type of person who like, like you guys hear me talking right now. I just, I fucking ramble. Like I just like, my mind is constantly going at a thousand miles a minute. And you know, it, it was nice because I got to just like sit down and be at home and work my job. But like, that's what really got me to accelerate and be so uh, active in the space and the community is that like, you know, I was ripping top shot packs and trying to figure out how I could do a top shot stream while I'm 
you know, my day job, you know, and it was, it was fun just talking to people and being in discord. And, you know, now discord gives me anxiety. I don't think I've even opened it up today because I know that I'm going to have like 30 unread notifications. It's just like, ah, dude, it's a little stressful, but I want to dive into, uh, Sort of the Axie Infinity, you know, Dan, Dan Verno, we at Investorly have not really been able to understand the Axie Infinity uh, type of, you know, play to earn gaming. And both of us, uh, crowd have messaged me this as well, are wondering specifically about sort of, can you give us that sort of starting point with Axie Infinity? Uh, and really, eventually we want to ask like where are we going with it and how do people get involved i know a lot of people are curious about this and you uh, you know seem to be way ahead of the curve here and that's what we're really curious about right now so like i mentioned earlier xe was the first real nft project that i saw and i was like wow this is you know this is the future and i think when people outside of xe see it they'll kind of maybe feel the same way like when the broader game sphere like if this becomes a really popular esport which i think it has the potential to do but i don't like in terms of a starting point it's really hard because it's it, it really is like a steep mountain of content to learn like there's so much you need to kind of understand about like I what I what I could do like I could tell anyone like yo just go buy these three axes and then go play and that would suffice, but realistically, like, people will just do whatever and not really have a full understanding, you know, like, there's so many intricacies and just, like, things that, you know, when I first, my, or when I bought my first X, I had known uh, what to look for, because I just remember being like, all right, I need three of these things to play the game, so I just bought, you know, three random ones, and I got an okay starting team, but you know, it wasn't that great. And because of that, in the long run, I kind of maybe got a little bored because, you know, it, was, it, it at, at first it had, it, it almost felt like a gimmick effect where it was like, you know, I can play this game and earn the money. And yeah, it's like, I kind of have to put in a lot of time and I'm only making 10, $15, but it's, you know, there's validity to it. Whereas a couple of weeks ago when it loaded, it was upwards of like, yeah, no, you can make like 45 to $60 uh in a day playing this and that's like that that's a pretty big takeaway especially for a majority of uh players are in the philippines and yeah uh, that's that's yeah that's when we start talking about uh scholarship programs right and 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 that's that's one of the things that i think some of the crowd wants to hear about is is when, when we dive into sort of the scholarship part just if anyone is is really unclear of what we're talking about first off the the game's creator actually infinity sky mavis they brought in $485 million in revenue since July. To give you an idea of how the explosion has taken place with them, from 2018 up until this year, they had brought in $21 million in revenue. And again, $485 million in revenue since July. So that shows you the explosion we're seeing in the play-to-earn gaming uh, area. And you specifically mentioned uh, sort of these you know, third-world countries and areas where uh, you know, people are really playing these games. Uh, that, you know, they're earning more money playing these games than their current jobs. And that's why they're doing this. And so that comes down to sort of the scholarship aspect. Can you explain that a little for us, Dan Bruno? Really exciting to me because like with crypto in general, people kind of talk about how it's the biggest redistribution of wealth that pretty much has ever been seen. 
And a part of that is directly, in my opinion, like people that run scholarships are directly helping people in third world countries. Like spin it however you want. But the reality is when I have constant DMs of people more or less begging me to, you know, be a part of my guild and my scholarship program and, you know, let me play, like I'll play 12 hours a day. Like that's, that that's true. Nobody's doing that. Like the people in my guild, like they'll play for like five hour, like five or six hours a day and they'll be able to hit their uh, quotas. And like, that's, you know, they love it. The fact, like the, every day I go into my discord and I'm like, good morning guys. Or like, good afternoon guys. And cause it's a 12 hour difference, which is, you know, pretty nice. And every time I'm going there, it's everyone's like, Oh, Danny, good to see you. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like we, I hit my day, like stuff like that. And it's just like, good work guys. Like, I appreciate you. You know, when I do the SLP split, uh, because of, you know, how high gas fees are and whatnot, uh, I, and I'm sorry if this all sounds like just random ramblings to some of you, but it's this essentially how it works is let me let me put it this way. Axes are expensive, right? So like one axie on the marketplace right now is like 0.08, 0.09, like something around that range. So that's like a good $150 or so, right? And so people in third world countries just can't afford that. That's like way above their you know, if like $30 a week can feed a family. So like, you know, $180 is just kind of a lot. So uh, what people that have the money can do is buy a bunch of axes, provide the axes to these individuals in third world countries. And what ends up happening is from playing the game, they can actually, and the numbers have adjusted a little bit since uh, a couple weeks ago, but I'm pretty sure it's still the same where if you play the game, you can earn more than you would from uh, working a minimum wage job part time. So like on a daily basis, you know, if you're pulling in 20 to $30 playing Axie Infinity, like that's a huge deal. You know, that is an absolutely huge deal. And so right now, obviously with gas fees and everything, it's crazy. And we do a biweekly payout schedule. So, you know, if you're stacking even as low as $25 every two weeks, that's 25 times 14, which is, you know, I'm not great at math. It's like, you know, $350, you know, $350 on a biweekly basis. Like when I had the donut shop, that's what I was making. So like, that's totally valid. You know, that is completely valid. And so we do, uh, I have a manager who is another uh, person in the Philippines who has been through my program and he actually graduated. So I sent him his own axes and now a hundred percent he's making for himself. But for pretty much everyone else, it's seventy uh, percent. of the SLP they generate goes to them, and then the other thirty comes back to the guild, so that we can, uh, you know, continue to expand it and buy more axes or breed or whatever else. And just, you know, in my opinion, it's like I have thirty people that I am directly helping, and I don't really have to do that much, and they are also generating money for me. So it's like. You know, in, in my opinion, that's that may be the big picture, you know, the redistribution of wealth that's going on, because, you know, it all makes perfect sense. Like it. And that's the part where it's a little crazy, because once you get into the tokenomics and, you know, from the outside looking in, it's even crazier because it's like cryptocurrency, like what the hell is all of this? But once you really have a full understanding of like you play to, you play the game to earn the currency that is used in the game to breed new axes and that's what gives them value like it's 
it all really makes sense. And so that's why, you know, I'm very long on Axie Infinity. I think that 2022 is really going to be its year as we see more utilities start to get rolled out for uh, land gameplay. And that's something else, you know, worth noting where people are like, is Axie even fun? Like, is the gameplay even fun? And personally, yes, I think it is. Like right now there's only adventure mode and uh, player v player, which is pretty cool because they do like seasons and it's kind of like Clash Royale where if you like rank up your score high enough, like you'll get rewards and stuff. But, you know, that's kind of the big idea. Like people, gaming in general is like the highest grossing media there is like it's higher than movies and higher than music combined like that's people don't realize that video games are such a just dominant force in the media uh you know just the media realm so i think uh, that's why i'm most excited about axie infinity and just play to earn in general you know it's not just axie you know i'm there's a couple other teams and like i mentioned earlier the chibi uh legends the team that i'm on with like our long-term vision in the next nine months is to put out a game similar uh where it's you you know you're playing the game to earn the token that is used within the game but then also the token can be redeemed or like exchanged on a dex you know so i can get it for uh ethereum like that's that's the big idea and that's what we're working towards and i think that's what you know, we kind of have to be patient about because Axie Infinity is definitely like a year ahead of the curve. Like they really are. Like they've been working since 2017. It's not like they put out their roadmap at the end of 2020 or anything. Like they've been doing this for years. And that's why I think that they're definitely one to keep your eye on and one I will be continuing to play for the long run. I wanted to follow up with some of those uh, some of those points you made, like doing well and doing good uh, at the same time when it comes to Axie Infinity. So um, there, it's growing in emerging markets uh, from what you've seen very recently. But uh, was that kind of the goal all along with Axie Infinity? Um, or was it more of a of kind of a, a gaming platform? Or was it to actually, um, you know, help out people uh, in in developing? So I think it definitely started out as just like a game. Uh, but then there's a really, really, really good documentary that I urge everyone to go watch on only like 20 minutes long, but it's all about these community and the, these communities in the Philippines that essentially like banded together during COVID to get into Axie. And it like, I'm pretty sure like this whole scholarship idea only dates back about a year at this point, it might run further, but it's just kind of a positive effect of Axie. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I feel like the developers probably didn't see it coming, especially because at one point, Axies were on the market for like a dollar a piece. So like at that point, like, you know, someone in the Philippines could, in theory, you know, just go on there and set up their own wallet and buy it for themselves and everything. And that's what some early adopters were able to do. Uh, and there's a, I'm pretty sure I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure YGG is based out of the Philippines. I could be wrong, but I'm, like 90% sure they are. And so that's uh, Yield Guild Gaming or something along those lines. And uh, they're just like, they're one of the biggest, if not the biggest Axie Infinity Guild. And so that's like, you know, I, I definitely urge everyone, if you go on YouTube and just look up Axie Infinity documentary, it'll probably be the first one. And it's really, it's 
one filled with shit on uh, what exactly Axie is and how scholarship programs work and everything, but it's also like it's moving. Like the last time I watched it, I started to cry because it's like, damn, dude, like these people are in a position where they just like some of them literally have nothing. Like some of them literally have nothing, and but they have access to the technology where they can play this game and you know, it, it gives them a chance to provide. And that's, you know, I, I, I even hear stories from people in my own discord where they're just telling me like, Danny, like you're changing my life. Like I didn't ever expect to be able to, you know, provide like this for my family during these hard times. And, you know, that shit, like that is so validating. Like that just makes me feel amazing. And I always say it like my, at this point, like my goal isn't to make money, you know, I mean, obviously money will be made, but in everything I do, like even back when it was, you know, months ago and I didn't have that much money, I still, I saw the money making opportunity, which is why I got in. But now it's like the real potential in the space is one collaborating and connecting with one another, one another's and two helping people, because that's like, that's the biggest thing. Like, how are you about to come in here and be selfish? You know, there's so many people that pretty much made themselves millionaires overnight. You know, like how, how are you going to be selfish with your time and your money? And it's like, you know, the whole idea is this is to not become another one of those elitist, you know, millionaires that has mad money. So like, I don't know. I think we all have, and I can't say it for everyone, obviously, like we're all at a different point in our own journey, but you know, we have more power than I think we realize. And, you know, just having conversations or taking the time out of our day to, interact with people can kind of go a long way. So I guess I'll leave it at that for that. Dan, I, I think you make a great point there. And it is, you know, um, I, I believe that was the the origin of, of um, well, Bitcoin in general, but just as it's grown to the like this community aspect, um, we can't really rely on a lot of other things, but we can rely on the community to kind of um, build the crypto universe, I guess, if you will. Um, and with community, there's going to be philanthropy. Um, and that's that's the ultimate goal. But I want to go back to where you mentioned on the Philippines. Since, since Axie Affinity uh, is uh, obviously blowing up a lot, especially in emerging markets, where are some of the other um, developing countries that you're looking to to build in? So actually, uh, that's a good question. So there's actually some South American countries. Uh, Venezuela is one specifically where there's a population of people that like pretty much do the same thing, but with RuneScape and they just like play RuneScape and like trade items and shit, but it's at a much smaller scale scale where they're making maybe like $3 a day or something. So like the opportunity to get it to more people is certainly there. And it really all just comes down to technology. Like if you have an Android phone and connection to Wi-Fi, that's all you need to start applying for scholarships. And obviously like some, you know, game knowledge goes a long way too. And like, you know, but essentially like, yeah, this has, this has massive potential. Like, and it's right now we have like, I think a million active users or something, maybe a little more, or a little less, but this game has still room to like 50 X. Like it, it was made for large scale. So I'm talking like 50 million to a hundred million users. Like that's the word from the developers mouths. Like that's what they see as the long-term vision for Axie. And so if that ends up becoming a reality, like that's pretty, like imagine this game that people are playing and earning money. And now 
50 million people are playing it and earning money. Like that's, that's going to be absolutely wild if we get to that. Like, and I, the thing about it is that I genuinely do think we will get to that point because I don't think Axie Infinity is going anywhere. Like even if new games come out that are better games and they have better tokenomics, like Axie will always, always, always indefinitely forever have first mover advantage. Like they will always have that. And I think that that's, uh, that's going to be huge. Like that's a really big deal in this space. That really is Dan. And this is really a great conversation. And thank you for honestly one rambling because it's not rambling because you're breaking it down really well for a lot of us. And simultaneously, I'm curious around you talk about how we could 50 X from here and the potential is just massive. So can we sort of break it down from an economic standpoint what kind of profit potential, let's say, for someone that started a team? Let's say you're able to figure out someone in the crowd here, in the audience, everyone's listening and thinking, man, I wish I could get in. There's a lot of potential still. Let's say we have the funds to start a team and we figure it out. What's the type of time frame you look at before you start seeing returns uh, on you know, your investment? So it really depends on how you want to scale. Um, so let's take, for example, like the easiest example is one person buying one team for themselves, right? So looking at prices right now, it looks like probably about 0.5 to buy a standard team. So like, you know, just whatever. And, uh, playing the game right now, let's, let's look. So SLP prices are, so SLP is the token that you get from playing the game and also like you use it to breed Axie and everything. The price of that right now is 11 cents. So on a daily basis, you can earn 75 SLP plus like upwards of like another 25 to 50. So right now, you know, that's not that much money. I'm not going to lie. That's only, uh, you know, upwards of like 10 to $15 a day. So that's, uh, you know, that's not nothing really crazy right now, but that's kind of why it's more valid to get in now because, you know, when I first got into Axie Infinity, the price of SLP was about two cents. And so if you're playing the game all day, you're making about, you know, three to five dollars. So now it's kind of like we're at a middle or a couple of weeks ago, it was a much bigger return. So because of this, the price of SLP being down the cost of axes across the board is also down because, you know, people are not generating that much money. So to answer the question, you know, if you invest 0.5, that's like $1,500 and you're making $15 a day at, you know, kind of maybe on average, maybe that's a little high, a little low. It's looking like a hundred days, you know, that's right. Got you it. know, about that much time. But this that's where I kind of like when I talk, like at the beginning mentioned scaling, cause like, if you do what I do, where like I have a guild, so I have 30 people all actively doing it. And, you know, the, I, at first my guild was only three people, but even then it was, it's in my opinion, passive income. Cause like the initial then, investment is whatever you just eat that. But yeah, what's yeah, up? I want to just quickly, just to make sure our audience and everyone can understand when you say you had three people in the guild, is that three separate people playing at the same time? Yes, that's correct. So three different people playing with three different sets of Axie. So at that point I had, you know, at least nine Axie because it was three people playing for me. And so they play, it's really only a few hours. And uh, 
whatever they generate, I split with them. They, uh, oh my God, I'm so sorry. They get 70% and then I get 30%. So if they make, you know, $20 on the day, they get $14, I get six, you know? And so and that's how, how exactly. That's you pay, yeah, that's, that's great. And so how is the payment process something that sort of you work out yourself with them? Or is that something sort of automated through a, an app or a program? I wish it was automated. Uh, there might be some kind of automated th- way to do it, but pretty much what I have to do is I have a bunch of different Ronin wallets and Ronin is the wallet that Sky Mavis put out uh, that's pretty much made for Axie Infinity pretty much. And so on that, it has free transaction fees. So like I can, you know, send uh, uh, like SLP or AXS, which is the other token for Axie Infinity. Uh, and even Ethereum back and forth. So that's pretty cool. And in the future, there's going to be a uh, decentralized exchange that is compatible with Ronin. So that's going to be, you know, something really exciting to look out for. But uh, like, yeah, it's pretty much you just have to. Uh, what I do is I mentioned my manager earlier, who's, you know, one of the guild members. What I'll do, and I actually have to do this probably after this uh, after this space is go through those different Ronin wallets for each of the uh, scholars because every scholar has their own wallet. And so I own the wallets and uh, you may be questioning like how can they play with my account? And so how it works is every wallet has a different QR that regenerates every couple of weeks. And so for each scholar, I have uh, like... I, I, like I'll assign everyone a number so it's like just easier in my Ronin so it's like Scholar 13 is you know Emily or like Scholar 21 is Roberto like stuff like that and uh, that way it's easier to just like go through and so what I do is go through each Ronin account I'm again rambling I'm so sorry and you just collect the SLP and then I send it to my main Danny Ukes account and I also have an Excel spreadsheet where I like mark down who gets what and most of the uh, SLP then goes back out dollars, but the rest stays in that Danny Ukes account because what's going to end up happening is right now I'm stacking SLP and I'm going to do another uh, big round of breeding soon. But after that round, I'll, like, I'll probably have upwards of like 40 or like maybe even 50 scholars. And that's kind of, that was the big idea because what I'm going to do now is just let them work, work, work for like a month, two months, whatever, stack the SLP, not spend it, not convert it into anything. And then I'm just betting that in the next, you know, 12 months, what's going to happen is Axie is going to absolutely explode, maybe if only for a couple days. And the price of SLP is going to go through the roof, probably above 50 cents. And if I have a stack of like, you know, a million SLP or like half a million SLP. Like that's, that's the big idea. You know, that's what I'm essentially waiting for where it's just, you know, the fruits of our labors will come to fruition or something along those lines. And well, it's not, it sounds like at that point you can uh, buy the donut shop you used to work at. Oh, please, bro. I've never gone back. Or sorry, uh, an entire chain and let's uh, delegate that to for someone else to run. Uh, yeah. But I, I wanted, I did want to ask you um, in regards to uh, Axie Infinity and just play to earn gaming in general. Uh, what are some great resources and just kind of the, the toddler steps in the beginning into exploring this uh, new space? Because 
you know, there's uh, knowns about it. Maybe some of the people in the audience are are trying to get a grasp on like how to play some of these games. What are some of the good resources um, that that you found starting out uh, to get you involved? Dude, it's honestly so hard because there's not very many. Like you can go on YouTube and just watch like videos and stuff, but it's honestly kind of hard to find good information. Like I like I will say like on chain gaming, he's a good YouTuber. Uh Bryson, uh he is a XE YouTuber, but the broader play to earn sphere, like I would say maybe uh lads. If you guys it's L A D Z, like they do a good job. Uh you know It goes to show just how early we still are. <laughs> we're we're yeah, early on crypto precisely. and we're even we're even more or we're even earlier on uh on play to earn gaming. Um is that is that a strategy uh with Axie Infinity to where they, they see they see this kind of issue where, you know, if you okay, you don't have a wallet, you don't have this, you don't have that. Um not only in, in markets like this, but also emerging markets, is there a strategy developing with you to okay, well, there's there's an issue here of getting from A to B uh, for people to, to play on our platform. Uh, is that one of the strategies from Axie moving forward? That's a good question. And, you know, I'm not affiliated with the team directly or anything, but I have to assume like, you know, I have some of their team members speak and they're, they are smart. Like they are without a doubt in my mind, like these people are, they like, for the most part, they've been in the broader crypto space for like three, four years, you know, like that's, that says so much. Like I've been here for about a year at this point, but like there's people that have been living and breathing the space for like four times as long as me. And so that's, that's what excites me. Like people call me an OG and a guru and an expert, but I'm really none of those things. I'm just someone that found success in a short amount of time. It's the people that have been building for years that really have the most to offer. You know, you're asking where I find the most alpha. It's probably from following people like that. And you can only really find those people if you, spend time in like discords and kind of have conversations and just kind of look around like you really you really do have to do a lot of homework like you have to put in a lot of effort in this space to be successful that's 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 a fantastic uh kind of wrap up or or conversation around specifically axie infinity i want to ask a question from uh that i was sent in the direct messages about axie and then i want to move on towards general nfts and a lot of questions that i have and i think the audience has uh and i think this is the perfect sort of time for that so the question to you dan is part of air 22 yet the axie retreat.com in vegas coming in may what no what is that okay so, so put that in the top of the twitter yeah. space link there Okay, so I'm gonna, um, yeah, I'm going to share this if I can. It was in my messages. Apparently, there's a um, like months of online tournaments will lead to world championships at the Axie Retreat. So give me a second. I'm going to try to pin it up here. In the um, meantime, I want to remind everybody that's listening uh, right now that at the end of our conversation with Dan Verno, we are going to bring up Aton Brown uh, and his co-creator uh, of Acid Dragons to hear about that project, and uh, which is minting on September 12th. We also are going to give away a dragon to someone in the audience. So stick around, make sure to ask questions. It's going to be exciting to hear about that project itself. I'm interested to sort of hear, since obviously uh, I've now pinned it at the top, if everybody wants to see about the Axie Infinity sort of tournament and, and I guess this AIR 22 in Las Vegas coming the next May. I think we're just sort of breaking some news here, which is exciting. But I think this is a really good time, uh, Danny. And, and Dan, you mentioned this 
sort of right at the top. And you talked about how you sort of, you know, you were in lots of projects uh, and you consolidated it into sort of, you, you know, the ones that you really felt strongly about. And so that brings me to sort of what I'm curious about. I mean, where exactly are we in the sort of profile picture NFT cycle since there's so many projects dropping that it's hard to keep up at this point? Um, we, it, you know, it'd be great to hear from you why you sort of consolidated and when you consolidated what you felt like was super important. Because as I look around at the audience, you know, I see a bunch of cats. I see the apes. I see gutter cats. Uh, I, I see you guys all in the space uh, tonight, uh, you know, and so it's it's exciting to see the different avatar pictures and so forth. But where exactly are we in your opinion? One, I think an informal answer is before I do answers that we can all coexist, you know, like there could be an infinite number in theory. And just as long as everyone, you know, as long as someone likes it, there's value in it, I guess. But I think we're definitely on the back end of the profile pick uh, phase, I think. I mean, obviously I could be wrong, but it feels like with, you know, the last major ones being like the Onis and the Creatures, and I know the Sevens are coming up, like it's kind of getting more and more like saturated, obviously, but less exciting, I guess. Like it's just, for me personally, like I was taking a lot of swings at one point. And what I always tell people is like, you know, ultimately we're buying promises. So maybe you should focus more on the team and what the token represents than the art, because, you know, like we, we've all experienced our share of rugs at this point, but uh, I don't know, you know, it, like the, I'll, I'll say that we're on the back end of it. And then, you know, next week there's three new projects that are like, people are saying they're going to be the next blue chips. Like that's just how it's going to go. And I think that it's kind of, you know, I've been on a couple other streams today and one of them, actually both of them, I think I mentioned like we as collectors aren't being collectors. Like we're being unfair to the space and on one another because we're coming in and trying to, you know, buy out these projects and wait for them to sell out so that we can, you know, sell ours for a 2X or a 5X or a 10X. And like on one level, that's a lot of fun. And it's like, yeah, we like to make money and everyone's trying to do kind of the same thing. But on the other level, it's we're not giving the space the money that it deserves. Like we're giving it money that it, it's like hype money. But in reality, that money should be going to people that are really building things because like anyone could literally like i could go on procreate right now and start like making 10 like 100 pictures or whatever and go on open sea and start a discord collection and try to start selling them and likely have success just because i have my name attached to it you know but you know anyone can do that and kind of come up with a roadmap that's like saying oh we're gonna create a whatever verse or you can combine them if you have a couple or blah 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 but it's like that at this point like that's not real utility like i think we have to kind of grow up a little and like mature as a space and just stop buying things to instantly sell them or like buying things with the idea that we're going to sell it for 5x because when we have that mentality for a project really we're just we're playing everyone involved we're playing whoever 
uh, like if we bought it on secondary, we're playing whoever we bought it from. We're playing ourselves for buying it in the first place because what ends up happening is, you know, if you buy something just to flip, you'll probably be successful, but you'll also probably flip too soon. Like that's the reality. Like with people with cool cats, like, you know, you see, you saw it the other day, like they were as high as seven ETH. And then a few hours later, people were selling them the same cat for like 5.5. It's like, what did you expect it to, to happen? You know, this project's been organically growing for so long. And that's what I think we as a uh, broader community need to focus on more is that just organic growth with pure intentions, because we have a lot of flippers in the space and not a lot of collectors. Like we, I mean, everyone's a collector, obviously, but a lot of people don't have that collector's mindset. And I think that's very important. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Dan. I think that, um, you know, there's there's collectors out there that, uh, you know, are in it for the long run, want to hodl, and then there's people that are flipping. But the hope is that, you know, people that are flipping are, are reinvesting back into the NFT crypto um, play to earn gaming universe, whatever it may be, but in the in the stratosphere, I guess, of, uh, of crypto. But uh, it kind of leads me to my next question. And where do you see the next evolution of uh, NFTs, whether it's like apes or cats or, or anything like that? Do you see like um, maybe Pixar or Disney adopting it and uh, creating films, uh, creating uh, animated films or, or television shows or some other production or something like that? And uh, what's, your, what's your take on kind of the next evolution of, of uh, static NFTs, I guess? So I'm sure we'll get there at some point, but like, I think it's much more realistic to expect any big company to just like do it themselves. Like as much as I'd love for like Hello Kitty to collab with Cool Cats, like I think what's more realistic is Hello Kitty's just going to put out their own thing and make $2 million and then just forget about it, you know? And so that's why I think that you know, we don't need the validity of the Pixars and the DreamWorks and like all these other like major AAA studios, whether it's in movies or gaming or music or anything like the big idea here is that we as people have we're the creatives, like we're the ones that do the work and the ones that get all of the recognition pretty much are the name brands. And so if we can I mean, it's kind of weird because you kind of split off and then you kind of make your own name brand, but it's, it's, it's independent. Like you're just doing your own thing. It's kind of a passion project. And when it's at that small scale, it's like, yeah, the big dream is to become the next DreamWorks or become the next Pixar, but you know, to do that is obviously hard. And so when you're talking about like the evolution of like, what's next, if it's just for these static images, it's, it's really up to the teams. It's really, I don't think like any major player is going to swoop in and be like, oh, we love the Pudgy Penguins. We're going to want a TV show. Like that's kind of like how people position these different projects. And it's just like, that's not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is, you know, people within this project are going to work together to create small web comics or a web series or like, you know, little animated shorts or whatever. And those are going to be the things that drive more recognition to the platform at whole. And then those people that are creating small things are going to be acknowledged by the creators of the bigger project at whole and kind of be onboarded like, yo, like this is how we want to expand our vision and everything. And so 
that's why I'm like all about repositioning my chips. Like Cool Cats, I think they have a lot of potential to do cool things. Bored Apes, obviously, I have my mutant ape. Uh, even dude, Larva Labs, that that thing today that came out with uh, United Media Group or whatever. So Dan, I want to, I just want to chime in here and and make them because that's a, that's a great point that today the prominent uh, Hollywood uh, you know talent agency. UTA signed Larva Labs, the creator of CryptoPunks, MeBits, and uh, Autoglyphs, uh, you know, to contract, which means, you know, you can expect them to start placing sort of these NFTs across different media platforms, whether that's, you know, comics, whether that's TV shows or whatnot. So it's sort of, it runs a little counter to the idea that, that, that some of the agencies won't be able to sort of do stuff, but also completely with what you're saying, sort of you don't need these sort of agencies, but it's an interesting thing to see. But I want to hear more about what you think about specifically the, the projects you're associated with and sort of what sticks out to you and why you've sort of chosen to consolidate into them. Totally. So when you asked, uh, it was kind of a, I had a two-part answer. So you're, because uh, you specified on static images. And so I assume just like profile pictures and stuff. But to answer the broader question of, like what the next step is in terms of the space's natural growth and kind of where we're headed, it's <clears throat> inner interoperability. So being able to use things across the metaverse. And one great example of that, that is, you know, kind of at this point, like, a, like I, an extension of me and my brand is the BYO pills. And so the BYO pills are really fire because Early on, they uh, reached out to me and they were like, you know, we want you to do like advising for us and marketing for when we come out and kind of help us launch and everything. And that was a few weeks before launch. And through talking with the team and everything, I kind of helped them. You know, you guys have visions for yourself. But on the other hand, it's like you what we could become is like the video game power up so like in the future as more play to earn games and like nft blockchain games come out like the idea that the people that make that game code in like capabilities for pill owners and so if anyone knows about like medikey that's it's very much the same idea where you know their idea is that any game in the metaverse or any like kind of you know, anything that can be connected with, you can connect with the meta key and get some kind of power up or an advancement in that game or in that setting. And so that, like, that is really, really, really awesome to me. Like the idea that, you know, if I have a pill in the metaverse, not only can I like, even like basic, like right now, like in Decentraland, I could put my pill on my land. And then in theory, you know, the like, I mean, it's already beneficial. Like I, uh, I'm also working with the Chibi Legends game, like I mentioned earlier, and those two, like I made the connection, and they're official partners now. So like, the uh, pills will be in the Chibi's game, and then Chibi's may may make their way into the pills in some some capacity. But that just shows that, you know, if you own a pill, not only does it have the immediate effects of whatever it has now, and like it's cool aesthetic and the files and everything but in the future it's we know that more games and more things are going to come along that are going to want to use it and grow out with it and so that that's the vision you know that's 
in my theory, that's what the big idea is. If we can buy and sell things that interact with one another, like that's totally the big idea. So we're getting there, I think, but it's going to take some time because all of this, like, I think we're all very bullish and it's very exciting, but we're setting our sights too quick, I guess. Like we think that everything's going to be like where we're headed in the next year and a half. But if you go outside and talk to anyone, no one knows what this shit is. Like it's gonna, it's gonna take a decent amount of time, but we just got to enjoy the ride. I feel like I'm a kid again. And then all of a sudden it's going to be five years from now and everything's going to be like less fun or something. And it's going to be like, damn, I miss the golden days. Like, don't get it twisted. We're definitely in the golden days right now. So that's something. Yeah. Yeah. definitely sounds like it. Uh, well, I wanted to say, Dan, that it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword when, when a, something is growing from artists, whether it be musicians or uh, uh, sculptors or something like that. In this case, it's um, minting NFTs from, from the artists themselves and the, the organic growth that is appreciated and the community that is, uh, that starts surrounding around that, uh, you know, inevitably becomes uh, in itself a little bit kind of corporate and larger. And, you know, it, it kind of loses that uh, that organic seed taste. But, uh, at the same time, it gets a lot more people involved uh, that may not uh, have recognized it before, or didn't understand it or something. Um, but I wanted to uh, I wanted to shift gears just a little bit here. And obviously, Ethereum blockchain. It's obviously, you know, kind of the go-to source for uh, NFTs. It's the largest blockchain uh, for that. But have you explored other blockchains uh, in in with NFTs? So yes, uh, mostly Matic, but the other one that I really like is Tezos. I'm a big fan of Hicket Nunk. Uh, pretty cool NFT marketplace. I've actually published a couple of my own on there. But besides that, the other big one right now that's popular is Solana. And I actually have a bag. I have like 66 Solana. So I'm just going to sit on that and hopefully it becomes the next Ethereum. And then I'm auto welled in and uh, <laughs> that'll work out. But no, pretty much it's it's Ethereum. It's Ethereum over here. Like I really, uh, I'm not maxi by any means, but I think for NFTs, like right now it's it's the clear bet. And hopefully in time, like things will become a little less, oh my God, just terrible in terms of gas. I'm really scared about this, this coming fall and winter, just because if it's anything like last winter, like it it was an explosion. So if we see another explosion like that, and we even see like a 2X in the amount of people in the space, like I can't imagine what it's going to be like, like gas fees are going to be ridiculous. They're already so crazy. So yeah, that's a great conversation to be had. Like, maybe I should get back on the uh, heck and nunk wave and buy some more Tezos before <laughs> that goes up to ten dollars. Uh, wow, uh, we're talking about Tezos, amazing. Uh, really interesting <laughs> to hear. Your, really interesting to hear on sort of NFTs on the other blockchains and the question that Danny asked. That's something I think a lot of people, myself included, are quite uh, curious about. And I think this is a good chance. I have some more questions, but I want to involve you guys in the audience right now and let you come up uh, for questions. If you want to jump up and ask Dan a question, I think this is a really good opportunity to let you guys have some chance to jump up here and ask a question. So just shoot me a request and we're going to start to jump uh, and allow you to come up and ask some questions. This is a great opportunity as we have, you know, Dan Verno, who's, uh, you know, not just the ambassador space, but you hear him. He's been in this space now for an hour telling you about it's not just about the money. It's about giving back, helping the community. Uh, he's showing you 
sort of how he does that with play to earn and telling you how he sort of sees how you can kind of get involved and do that yourself. So it's really great cause. It is now uh, your chance to speak, S. Rose. Uh, your mic is on. Go for it. What's going on, Mike? What's going on, Dan? Appreciate uh, both of you. One question I have for Dan is um, what kind of prerequisites does a project need to have for you to be on board with it? So, you know, it's really nothing specific. I think from my end, like, what do you mean by on board? With Just it? like, like for, you, for you to, like, I, I know you're, you said you like mutants and a few other projects. What do those projects have that really made you consolidate to those projects versus others? You know, it's kind of a mix of history and trajected history, like what I expect them to do. And also just like, it's really tough. Like who has fulfilled on those promises? So like we talked about, like we're buying a lot of promises, like with Bored Apes, like I think they've surpassed their expectations with Cool Cats. They've surpassed expectations. Gutter Cats have, I'd say even Sewer Rats have, if anyone knows the Sewer Rats, that's a great community. But with a lot of other projects, like they have yet to meet expectations, whether it be financially speaking, because a lot of people just come in at like, you know, I minted for 0.1 and my plan is to sell for 0.2. Like that's the bottom line. That's all I'm looking for. And that's how some people measure success. But other people, like for me, it's more about, ah, dude, it's kind of hard because like there's some communities that are very, very active and very like strong communities who love their project, like with the alien boys who actually are starting to see some love from the broader community. But with me, part of it is, I'm not going to lie, like part of it is obviously the aesthetic and like, how does the thing look? But it's not always that it's about 50 50 where half the time it's like, you know, if I don't necessarily love the art, what's the tokenomics of it? Like, what does the, what does the NFT itself represent? You know, like what's the bigger picture here? Am I, you know, part of a club from owning it or a DAO or like, because sometimes you see an NFT and it's like, visually speaking, that's not really my cup of tea, but I see what the potential that it has to offer and that's kind of why you buy into it. And so, you know, you ask specifically, like, why did I go with the mutants? It's because, I'm sorry, because I'm outside right now, so if you hear that siren going by, but I, I like the mutants because, you know, as an original binter, I felt really upset that I had to uh, ultimately make the choice in acquiring a punk or keeping my ape. And, you know, I made the decision to get my punk, and I'm very fortunate and glad that I did at the time that I did, but ever since then, I've had FOMO on the apes, you know, just because, like, I was part of that community for so long. I grew with them through the ape follow ape phase and, like, the days and everything and seeing the floor stagger from 0.3 up to 0.7 and then it finally cracked one and then, you know, it started exploding and I wasn't there to, you know, be a part of all of the real fun, you know, being able to sell for above 50 ETH and stuff like that. And so, you know, from the outside looking in, it's like the board apes are doing something that every other generative project is trying to do. You know, they've essentially set the standard. So, like, you know, if I even if it costs like 70 to get back in, it's like the mutant ape I, I see is 
for, for like at this point like it's a vault it's a vault piece like i should have never sold my board ape to begin with but you know now that that's a little out of reach for me i can at least get a mutant ape and throw it in the vault and know that i'm forever a part of the club to some extent yeah i love that and so yeah you know that's that and that's specifically for the mutant apes but even for like cool cats or the gutter cats it's like they've proven themselves like they've come out the dev teams the artists like They've proven that they're in it for the long run. They have plans to expand, plans to kind of be a bigger deal. And, you know, it's you kind of have to there is some blind faith that still goes into it. Like, you know, we at the end of the day, like I always say, there's no experts out here. There's no one that knows for certain the future of anything. But what we can do is kind of figure out what we like the best and what we think has the most potential and kind of go go with those. So, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty much it. Thank you. Hey, Dan. I just awesome. wanted to, yeah, totally. Thank you. I just wanted to chime in here, Dan, and, and ask you, like, since you've been in the space for a long time, you're very knowledgeable on NFTs. Um, is there is there a, a tipping point as to what you've seen as to why some NFTs have just absolutely exploded? For for instance, what you said, bored apes. You saw them rising. Was there a tipping point that you noticed and have noticed in in other projects after the rise of bored apes? You know, I wish I could say that there was some definitive answer, but there's really, in my opinion, there's not like you can look at market trends and prices of coins or like individual influencers or people tweeting and what they have to say. But at the end of the day, I think it really comes down to, you know, what has the most potential for people to like it. And I think... With Bored Apes, it, they obviously came in at a great time. No one was doing the generative thing when they were doing it. And so that like that's why a lot of people might want it. And then why would the people want the cool cats? Oh, because they're cute, you know? So you kind of have to, beyond a finance and beyond a tokenomics reason, like this is almost pretty, pretty, pretty much visual. Like judging a book by its cover, it's essentially the deal. So like... If that's where we're at, I kind of, I don't expect too many things to come in and take over again. Because like, like uh, let's take Creatures, for example. Like Danny Cole, the artist, I'm sure you guys have all seen of Creatures in the past couple of days. Danny Cole uh, is from the traditional art world, right? So he's been making the Creature world since like 2017 or 2018. And he, I kind of, I like, I spoke on the phone with him and like, our conversation is kind of what inspired him to come into the space and generative project. And I don't know why I feel this way, but like just looking at all of the other stuff, it's like, it feels like this is the blue chips. Like that. It feels like the jet, like, cause everyone feels the same way that like the generative wave, like it's not going to last. Like it's, everything is saturated right now. There's four or five lead contenders for the best projects. And then the rest are kind of rubbish. Like that's kind of how it plays out right now. And so for me looking into the space, it's like, what do I expect? Like moving forward, do I expect to be able to mint something that will 10x uh, on a daily basis? Like how it was maybe two weeks ago or three weeks ago? Like, no, not really. Just because things change so rapidly. And you even like, you know, for a little while I was doing the uh, (laughs) power rankings, the generative uh, avatar power rankings. And even with that, I found that like, by the next day it's outdated because a new project comes in that's pumping and all of a sudden it's like 
where the, the hell did this project come from in the first place? And it has a three ETH floor, like what is going on? And so it's like, you know, why even bother? But that's, that doesn't last. There's no way that that can last. I think in the broader space, it will like art blocks doing drops or like random utility drops, but it's right now the profile picture wave. I think it has some more life to get that much more and peak when things, I don't know if things are going to come crashing down though. That's the thing either. It's not like everything's going to go to zero. It's just kind of like everyone's just, unless one comes out, that's like, everyone's really excited about for the most part i don't see major hype for uh, like new ones out i think we're still so early that we're we're <laughs> too early for fundamentals at this point and now it's uh it's still pure speculation and um you know day to day hour to hour things can change when i first heard about nfts and the rise of nfts and you know the the projects the artists or, or the teams behind them it's a lot of it. I feel like is are the um, the stories behind it, the stories behind the NFTs, how how they came to be, um, and it's kind of like uh, a fine wine. Well, why do you buy a nice wine? Well, it's a lot of times it's a nice, it's a story behind it. So um, yeah, but we're still unlike wine, we're incredibly early, Dan. So uh, Mike, I think you wanted to uh, bring someone else in. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna, I, I just wanna say that I loved it. We're like a, a fine wine, a little early. That was, that was nice. We're, we're, we're very, um, we're not even the grape yet. We're still the seed. <laughs> wow, love it. That's what you get at the Invest Release Basis series. So we brought up, uh, we brought up Kev for, for King, uh, Kev for King here. So why don't you jump on and ask us your question, boss? And if you have more questions, just request by the gotcha. way, and I'll let you Hey know. everybody, uh, my name is Kev from Orlando. Uh, been in NFTs for about uh, two to three months. Just actually got in a couple of days ago. Um, but a question I, I have and, and the conversation I want to start is um, after I brought my first NFT, it almost is an addiction, you know. And like you guys kind of are saying, we're adopters into this space. But we know in the long run, in the macro, for this space to go where we want it to go, the concept needs to be understood by the average person that we meet at a Publix or a Walmart or whatever. So I guess my question is, how do we, one, explain it in layman's terms? And how does this go from, you know, this early adopter group to the mass majority of the world, like buying NFTs, exchanging NFTs on a daily basis? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think something that people smarter than me need to figure out. I'm gonna lie. So like, I have I have big ideas for kind of platforms in the future that are oh, hold on how do I phrase this okay so before we can get to web3 essentially which is when everyone is just all the time like in this kind of mindset we kind of have to like you're saying b like build the gaps and bridge the gaps and so what that like I'm, I'm coining my own term here, but I, it's like web two point. Like we have to, before we can get to the whole metaverse that we're all itching to get to, we have to one, be able to onboard people uh, to this mindset where it's like, this is where we're headed, like get in. And two, we have to do it in a way where one, like it's, it's friendly. Like it has to be like, people have to be not intimidated when they come in. And I know that Cool Cats is doing something called Paper Cats, which is going to do like a, it's going to be like a friendly way for people that are outside of the space to kind of walk into the space and kind of, you know, get acclimated mask and figure out like how gas works and stuff like that. 
And platforms like that are going to be super, you know, super important because that's, uh, we can't get where we're headed if people don't know where we're going. And to get people to understand where we're going, it either takes like a lesson or they have to do kind of the research themselves. And so, you know, if you go on YouTube and you look up, you know, what's blockchain? What is an NFT? Like they're super information packed videos that we might understand now, but from the outside looking in, it's like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like what actually is going on here? And some people that's too much for them. Like some people don't use the internet at all, you know? So it's, it's really, you know, as much as we want to be living in ready player one, like we're not, we're not there yet. And I'm not sure who is going to kind of put the services and whatever else in place to make that a reality. But I know for a fact it will happen. It will likely, realistically, I bet it's like Facebook or Google. Like, I think that the like platforms with the most scale will make a watered down version of what we're doing. And it'll be like an NFT Facebook marketplace. And we'll all be like super butthurt about it because it's like, dude, these motherfuckers are spending $40,000 on these NFTs on a fake nft platform and like blah 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 but reality is it's you know it's all fun so i think uh you know as much as that might not be fun the idea of like google or facebook making their own blockchain like probably a reality you know it's most likely going to happen and we shouldn't when it does happen we shouldn't be upset because it's going to it's just going to take more people into the space you know it's just going to I like to believe that at a certain point, maybe in the next five, probably three to five years, I like to think like people will be buying NFTs like without even realizing it. Like it's going to be like just mass adoption is going to happen at some point. And when it does, it's things are just going to kind of click, but it's not it's going to be a while before we get to the long term of where we're headed with like the metaverse and everything. So dude, I don't know. I'm sorry. Like I literally, I just ramble. The, <laughs> the more I talk in a space, the more I ramble. Like, you know what? So, like it's in tight up front, but by the end, it's like, dude, what Listen, the fuck am I even saying? Like I'm you talking. Know, you know what, Dan? I got to tell you, I, it's okay. It's great because the longer, the more it helps everybody and the more it's going to help you tighten it up, but it doesn't matter. You know why? The space is big enough for everybody. You can go on. I'm loving it. Loving listening to you. Loving hearing what you're doing for the community. Uh, I know I've gotten lots of comments in the DMs from people saying they're loving the space, enjoying your conversation. And what I want to do is I want to ask you two more questions myself. I want to thank uh, Andrew. I want to thank Kev for his question. That was awesome. Uh, so I appreciate you coming up with that question. I want to thank everybody else that asked the question. I'm going to be able to take one more request if anybody else has a request. But I want to ask you this because it sort of leads me to us being early. Can you give me the idea, Dan, where do you see NFTs in 2025? Damn, dude. That's, oh my God. So I think like... Dude, it's so crazy. Like, how am I even going to answer this question when I haven't even known what an NFT is for longer than a year? You know, like, how how are we supposed to know? You know, I really think, like, obviously brands are coming in. So I bet, like, Coca-Cola will have their own Axie Guild type deal. Like, shit, like, that's going to be going on. And, like, I don't, dude, I really don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be a wild world. It really is. Like, I think that, 
you know, 2025 is a decent ways off. Like that's still over three years away. And like, I think that one of the, uh, one of the technologies that's going to really shine in the next three to five years is, uh, VR, uh, augmented reality. I think that AR is going to, and that goes hand in hand with NFTs, obviously, but I don't know. I think we might might possibly be on the precipice of where we're walking around with AR glasses and there's like, you know, just I don't know, though. We might be a while out from all that. Like as much as I really would love to see us get to that, and I really think we will. Like, I think a lot of us are ahead of our time here and kind of itching for something won't see for a long time. It's like it's like, uh, bro, I'm. Sorry if I'm being loopy right now, but it's like uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Like, I've been waiting for that since 2017, and uh, I just know that one day I'll get it. And so that's kind of how I treat the uh, the bigger metaverse as a whole. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll get it one day. It might, it might not be until 2026 <laughs> that I can, you know, do some cool shit and, you know, whatever. But when we get there, it's the, wor- the wait will be worth it. And I think that... Uh, that's the thing. If we're all here, if we all just stay in this space and just hang out and make level-headed good decisions, like how could we not make it? Like when, when, dude, oh my gosh, I don't even know. I'm going to hold myself off. My brain is just like all over the place. That's totally fine, Dan. (laughs) Well, uh, to bring everyone up to speed here, we've, we've had, uh, Dan Verno on here for, uh, wow, since uh, four o'clock my time, so close to an hour and a half here. We really appreciate everybody coming in and joining the space. Um, we've uh, Dan has been gracious enough to answer a lot of questions, uh, myself and Michael, but also a lot of the community questions, whether it's uh, DM or, or people coming up on stage. So we really appreciate that. Um, so Michael just asked the next uh, where he sees uh, where Dan sees NFTs in the next five years, and uh, <laughs> it's a little difficult to. Uh, to wrap your head around the next five years on something that we're so early on. But um, Dan, where do you see, where do you see NFTs? I'll, I'll, maybe a little softer question here. I'll, where do you see NFTs just uh, next year, next September? Yeah. I mean, even that, like, that's <laughs> still, crazy. still too far. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Like I have no idea. Like, cause by then, like who knows Ethereum 2.0 might be out and Whoa! When that happens, there's supposed to be no more gas fees and blah blah blah. All this well, yeah, stuff. But really, not only that, it's like uh, the layer two, uh, like Arbitrum and that. I oh mean, yeah, it's, reducing the gas fees and that. Yeah, so. it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's so it's really hard to say. I think that you know it's not going to slow down. I think it's pretty pretty fair to say that. I think that just at the like rate that people are talking about it on a daily basis, and you know, people are people are discovering it every day and getting excited about it and wanting to come in. And like, you know, we look at the open sea amount of active users or like different unique buyers and sellers, and it's still less than a hundred thousand. And, you know, that's like, I talk about exponential growth, like 10 X, 50 X, a hundred X. Like that's the space as a whole is something to be bullish on. Like, I wish I could buy just like an, nft token (laughs) that's like you know like you know something where it's just like i'm buying into the idea that nfts are gonna blow up and i guess that's what i did by buying a punk or just like any of the blue chips in general but that's uh yeah i think it's dude i really it's hard to say for sure like are are the punks floor gonna reach a million are the apes floor gonna reach a million like if they do like what the fuck like how the hell is 
Like, what what is even going on here? Like, that's how I think about it at this point. Like, it's it's almost like I wake up in the morning and it's like it's not even real because it's like, you know, I'm living the same life I was living a year ago when I was unemployed, but now I'm just like wealthy out of nowhere and that's just weird you know like that's you know so that's why i'm focusing in on like all right now that i have money and i don't have to worry about working like clearly this isn't the bigger picture so the bigger picture is helping one another and growing out the space as a whole because what we're getting towards is the bigger picture you know like as a lifelong gamer like i always say paper mario taught me how to read like i i just want to play video games and have fun that's that's my bigger picture dan verno I just want to play video games and have fun. That's a quote I will not forget. <laughs> Here's what I want to do because I actually – I've got one question and I want to get you out of here uh, so you can ramble some more in other spaces and give more to the community. I appreciate and that. And then we're also – don't forget, we're bringing up uh, – in just a few minutes here, we're bringing up the Acid Dragons creators. Uh, we're going to raffle – we're going to give away uh, to the community an NFT here shortly. But I have one last question uh, that I'm going to let the um, – I have one myself, but before that, I'm going to – Bring up one other person. David, do you have a question? Yeah, I was curious uh, which which platforms this is going to. Is it going to like computer and then Android, Apple, as far as playability? Like in terms of like the broader play to earn space or like, yeah, like interoperability or just like what? Like, can I play it on computer and phone or is it just like a phone game? So, yeah, with, like, Axie specifically, you can play it on the phone. Uh, right now, iOS, it's, uh, like, an iPhone or something. I'm pretty sure that it's, like, limited, the amount of people that are in the open beta. But if you have an Android, you can get on it. And then uh, there's also the um, – you can download it and play it right on your computer, whether it's Mac or HP – or uh, not HP, PC. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for – yeah, totally. And um, yeah, it's worth it to look into for sure. Thank you for definitely. Thank you for the question, King David. Pinyaza is up here. Let's try one more time. I'm gonna uh, allow them uh, to speak because they had the question. Uh, so let's see if this time it works and they're connecting. Pinyaza, the floor hey. is yours. Thank you. Cool. Well, listen, I've been following, uh, you know, everything with Axie is just amazing, and I was early on the Decentraland uh, ICO. I remember, you know, going to their, their like, uh, you know, road show. And, and I mean, I just see that there's just so many other possibilities with Axie in terms of just, you know, not just monetizing land, monetizing the gameplay. And um, I'm wondering, we have a big project and we've done a lot of work on it. Is there a way to bring in properties like ours to collaborate inside of these worlds where we've built a lot of character development already? Yeah, most definitely. So I can't speak for Axie Infinity in particular, obviously, but uh, like that's that's the big idea, interoperability. So like if you have a project that you're working on that you think could like work in coexistence with another project where like your characters are in that project or like, you know, owning one of your NFT grants power ups in that project, like that is something that it like the bigger idea is like decentralization. So like everything should just be able to work with one, one another, but like, that's, you know, obviously you need to have people work together to make that a reality. So it's kind of like whatever project you think you could align yourself with, you just got to reach out to them and be like, yo, how can we work together? And that's what 
you know, I'm mentioning platforms that we want to create that can allow that. That's Twitter allows opportunity to create platforms that better allow creators to, you know, connect with one another and collaborate essentially. Well, everything's on. A th- so I hope that answered the question. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything's on Ethereum, right? So like, you know, technically that could be done, right? I mean, it's not like this is, you know, that, that wouldn't be the limitation. Okay. It's just, would they let you do that? Um, as part of ways to incentivize or like, you know, like you were talking about, like my bad, you, you guys were like cutting in and out for a second. I just came back inside, but yeah, I think, I think you said pretty much that's, you know, answering the idea. Gotcha. Cool. It was a great, uh, conversation with you, Dan Verno. What I want to do, Dan, is there's a lot of people that have enjoyed the conversation and they want to follow you if they're not already, they want to check you out. Um, not just on Twitter, but where else can people find you? Or is it only Twitter? Tell people where to find you and, and, and kind of connect with you and follow you, uh, you know, Twitter and elsewhere. So, yeah, pretty much uh, the best place to find me, honestly, is Twitter. Like, you guys all have me right here, at Dan Verno. Uh, my Instagram, personal Instagram, I don't really do NFT stuff on there. Uh, but it's the same if you want to go follow me on Discord. It's Danny Ukes number 4807. As I mentioned earlier, I'm... I get anxiety from uh, Discord, honestly, so I'm not in there. Too. But yeah, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. If you can't DM me, I do have closed DMs to only my followers. But if you wanna, you know, get in contact, you just make a tweet at Dan Bruno. Be like, "Yo, open up your DMs," or like, "Follow me," and it's like, "All right, what?" You know, like, "I got you. What's good?" Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, that's pretty much how to contact me. And then the other thing I want to plug real quick is just the chibi legends of warring kingdoms game uh the drop is this friday so the third at 5 p.m there's 5555 of them and they are 0.055 a piece so you know look out for those that's gonna be fine uh that's gonna be a lot of fun and then again that's 5 p.m eastern on friday the third we'd like to thank dan verno for a great conversation To stay informed of future conversations, subscribe to the Investorly newsletter. Investorly, invest early in yourself.